Come on, somebody, you ought to lift up that name. That's above every name. Come on, somebody, can we lift up the name of Jesus over our problems? Can we lift up the name of Jesus over our situations? Come on, we serve a God who has... Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, can we clap our hands all across this house? And can we lift up our voices to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Man, it feels good in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night. Come on, aren't you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Aren't you excited to be in the house of the Lord? With a sound mind, with peace that passes all understanding. Aren't you glad you're in the house of the Lord with victory? Aren't you glad you're in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody, why don't you high-five your neighbors say, God is large and in charge. God is so good. Isn't God good? Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? Amen. 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 How many of y'all are so thankful for VBS? Come on, how many of y'all are so thankful for VBS? This Sunday, the house was packed. Everybody say packed. So many people had received the Holy Ghost. And at the end of the service, Avery was baptized in Jesus' name. And then after that, Siobhan was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then after that, Valentina was baptized in Jesus' name. And then after that, Isabella was baptized in Jesus' name. And then Justin was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for revival? Come on. God can move during VBS. God can change your life at any moment. Aren't you thankful? Hallelujah. And then today, earlier today, Tuesday morning, Jared and Dewey were both baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think they're here tonight. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. That is what revival is. That's what revival is right there. Can somebody just give the Lord a shout of praise? Aren't you thankful for the revival? And then, so let me tell you, in about a week and two days, 39 people have received the Holy Ghost and 19 people have been baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, the revival's here, church. The revival's here. And we're just getting started. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated for just a few moments, just a few moments. I'm just going to go through some preliminaries. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while, I feel like, at least for me, since I've been up here before you guys. And it is a distinct honor, so I just want to thank God for all the things he's done for my life. Amen. He deserves it. And I just want to say a great big thank you to Bishop. I know he's not here. I thought he was going to be here tonight, First Lady. And I just want to say, Bishop, I love you so much. Thank you. Yes. Amen. 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 Give honor to First Lady, the mama of the house. First Lady, I love you. I love you. Amen. Amen. 
Is it all right if I just take my time for just a few moments? Thank you, thank you. <clears throat> and then I just want to give a great big thank you to my wife, my beautiful, lovely wife. Thank you, babe, for everything you do. She's an encouragement. I'm telling you, I would not be the man I am today without her. God has been so good to me. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then last but not least, I just want to give a great big shout out to the youth. I love you guys. Amen. Y'all are my heart. I'm serious. Ah, I'm telling you, I don't know how long I'm going to be youth pastor for. Not saying I'm giving anything up. Lord, please no. It's not. But I just want to say so far, it has been the best, the best three years. We're in three years. Three years of my life. I'm telling you, I would not trade it for the world. I love you guys so much. Thank you guys for loving me. I love you guys. Y'all are my favorite people. Y'all are my favorite people. And I just want to thank you guys, all of you all here. I love you. Seriously, I love you. I really mean it. If you're not in youth, it's okay. You're a child of, the God. You're a child of God, so you're a youth. So I love all of you. I love every single one of you. We can stand all across this house. <clears throat> now, God is very gracious to me. And God, see, what God does is usually... God dropped something in my spirit, and I have a burden to bring before you guys tonight. I don't know how long I'll be, but, man, I've just been contemplating and just thinking and praying and just, I just couldn't get out of my head. And then, you know, and this is months before, this is months in advance, and then Bishop asked me to preach, so I knew, I knew that the time has come <laughs> for me to deliver the word of the Lord, and, um, yeah, so this is something that I'm not just speaking to you guys, but I'm speaking to myself as well. So I think those are the best messages where you can speak to yourself as well as all of you all. It's an honor to stand before you guys. Um, if I haven't said already, we can all stand. I'm going to go to two portions of Scripture, Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, and then we're going to go to Judges chapter 16, verse 20. Revelation 3 and 15, <clears throat> and Judges 16 and 20. It says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. Judges 16 and 20. <clears throat> Judges 16 and 20. And she, this is Delilah, said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed for him. And um, if we can just put our Bibles down, put our phones down, and just lift up our hands and go before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking that you help me today. You anoint my lips of clay. God, help me to hide behind you, Jesus. And God, I'm believing in you, God, to move in this place. Lord, let your will be done today in this service. And God, I'm asking you open up our hearts, Lord, that we might receive your word. God, let your, let your word fall on good soil, Jesus. God, let our hearts be fertile, Jesus. That this word may come forth and bear fruit of the spirit, Jesus. God, we thank you for everything you're doing, God. Anoint my lips, Jesus. Give me a sensitivity to your spirit tonight. 
And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And somebody, can you just clap your hands one more time? And lift up your voices to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, he deserves all the glory and all the honor. Come on, he deserves it all. Thank you, Jesus. For just a few moments, I'd like to preach for you guys the dangers of growing cold. The dangers of growing cold. Thank you, Jesus. Um, hypothermia is the condition of having an abnormally low body temperature, typically one that is dangerously low, something around where a body core temperature is below 95 degrees. Hypothermia, the word, comes from a two-part Greek word, hypo, meaning under, and thermia, meaning heat. So you don't have heat. Hypothermia is the cause of at least 1,500 deaths a year in the United States. The story of Samson is a very familiar passage of scripture. We all know the story of his impressive strength. I remember when I first, uh, when I first came to church and I read the story of Samson, I was thinking that this guy had a 16-pack and he was, you know, he was glorious and all that. But I, I don't think that's the case because the Spirit of God would move upon him and then he'd be able to do those mighty feats. But anyways, however... The beginning of Samson's story was a miracle. His story begins with his father, Manoah. Manoah's wife was barren and could not conceive. And the angel of the Lord visits them and declares a promised child over their life. Judges 13, 4 and 5, it says, Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing, for lo... Thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. This is huge when you think about it. Before Samson was even born, God intended for him to be a deliverer of God's people. Aren't you thankful that before you were ever born, God had a plan for your life? Come on, aren't you thankful that you don't have to live by the labels of this world? The world can call me whatever it wants, but you know what? It doesn't matter as long as what God says about me. That's what I'm going to believe because you know what? I'm more than a conqueror. I'm victorious. I have a plan for my life. We all have a plan for our lives. Amen? Amen. But somewhere in life, Samson's walk with God began to grow cold. The Bible doesn't give us an exact time of when this happened, but you can find it happening while you read his story. One problem we find is that Samson did not have a man of God in his life. And can I just stop here and say you need to have a place in your life for your man of God. Amen. And can I just be bold? Your man of God is not the preacher on the internet. Your man of God is not the preacher that's down the street. If you live in southwest Florida, then your man of God is Bishop Williams. End of discussion. End of discussion. And can I just, I feel a little biased, but we got the best, the best bishop in the world. Amen? Amen. And you know what? God stands behind our bishop 100%. God ordained him for us. God created him to lead us. Amen? Amen. And don't ever think you can supersede him either. If you want to get to Jesus, you need a man of God. Don't think, 
Don't make the same mistake as Herod did. See, now Herod wanted someone else's wife. And uh, the man of God, John the Baptist, told him, that's wrong. You cannot do that. So what Herod tried to do was, well, man of God, you keep talking to me, and I don't like what you're saying. So you know what? I'm just cutting you off from my life. And he cut off the head of John the Baptist. But there came a day when Herod met Jesus. And you see, what happened was is Herod was so excited to meet Jesus. But when you cut off the man of God in your life, God won't speak to you. Come on, when he, met, when he went before Herod, the Bible says that he uttered not a word. Don't cut off the head of your man of God. Come on, somebody, it's all right. It could get quiet in here. Don't cut off the head of your, your man of God. If the man of God tells you no, just listen. Come on, he's, he's the watchman on the wall. Come on, he's got a higher perspective than you do. God ordained him for us. God has given him wisdom. Amen. I'm talking about the dangers of growing cold. Just as there's symptoms of hypothermia, there are signs of growing cold with God. Another thing from Samson, another thing Samson did was he did not honor his father and mother. He didn't. Honor your parents. It doesn't matter how old you are, honor your parents. They deserve the honor. They raised you. Thank God they raised you. And if they couldn't have the opportunity to, you should still give them honor. The fact, we're, we're standing here today because of them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Samson had this problem. Judges 14, 1 through 4 says, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. <laughs> if only, never mind, I'm not going to. It's demanding. Hey, you, you're my wife. Then his father and mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and mother knew that it was not of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at the time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. I'm telling you, kids and mostly kids, your parents know what they're doing. Come on. Sometimes parents just have a feeling and say, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be hanging out with that brother or sister. Maybe you shouldn't be going over there. Because you know what? Samson had that issue. He did not want to listen to his parents. He was probably a grown man, but he still didn't want to honor his, mo his mother and father. <sighs> Can I just borrow a quote from our very own first lady? Unsubmitted strength is destructive. Come on, you got you to gotta be submitted. The greatest powers in the world are submitted. If you want to be able to get the power of God in your life, you got to be submitted. It doesn't matter. you got to be submitted, whether it's a man of God or the word of God. You need to be submitted. Amen. Amen. Samson decided that he knew what was best for him. But let me tell you, God knows what's best. Amen. God knows the plan. He knows the end from the beginning. So you don't ever have to worry about it. God trusted us. Thank you, Jesus. The calling that God has given us cannot overstep our responsibility as a Christian. God did not call me to be a youth pastor first. God called me to be a Christian first. He saved me. And the fact of the matter is, is I, 
I don't deserve anything. We don't deserve any of this. But it's because of his mercy and grace that we're standing here today. That's why the first thing we need to work on is being a Christian. Amen. 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 The second thing is a husband or a wife. I need to be a husband to my lovely wife. That's the order of humanity. That's how God intended it to be. And then we don't have any children yet. So no children. And then you guys, the ministry. Samson was a judge for 20 years. And we see he only communicates with God two times. Judges 15 and 18. This is after the battle where he defeats a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. And he, he goes to God and he says, God, I'm thirsty. Are you just going to leave me out here? God, I need something from you. I know it's been a while, but hey, I'm knocking on the door. I need something from you, God. And the second time is Judges 16 after he was captured, 16 and 28. And it's, it's just the word of God is good because look how it's written. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, oh, Lord God, remember me? Don't get so caught up in the work of God that you forget about the God of the work. Come on, I heard it once before that we want to seek the hand of God, but we need to seek the face of God more. Come on, I want to seek his face. Come on, I want a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Lord, help me. God is interested in being a bridegroom, not a sugar daddy. Can I just be blunt? God doesn't want us to be like Samson. Hey, God, it's been a while. I need something from you. Or, hey, the only time we're going to God is when, when we want something. God forbid that ever happens to us. We get in the motion of living in this crazy world that we just think everything has like a fast food mindset. Because I want it right now. I want it here and I want it now. So we think we can go to God and do the same thing. Well, God... Hey, it's been a while. Um, I need some strength here. Or, hey, God, it's, I need, I'm thirsty. Don't you see? I'm thirsty. I'm your child. I'm thirsty. But God's wondering, when are you going to just seek my face? When are you going to pray just to talk to me? When are you going to just want to commune with me? God intended for us to have a relationship. When God created you, he wanted a relationship with you. He didn't want to just spoil you. He didn't want to just give you your heart's desire. God intended for us to have a relationship with him. Let me give you an example. <laughs> what if I went to my wife only if I needed something? Hey, babe, I'm hungry. Make me some food. Honey, my clothes aren't cleaned. Why don't you do the laundry and fold it too while you're at it? And also make me some coffee too. Rub my back after you put the load in the wash and then rub my feet as well. And God, I, I mean, sorry, babe, don't forget, don't forget that I need help with my leap. So you got to read through my stuff and see if everything's grammatically correct. Oh, you need something? But hold on, I, I'm the head of the house, so I come first. <laughs> my God. It's all right. Can I just be frank? I'm going to be open tonight. Y'all don't have to clap. I'm prepared for this. Come to a youth service. It's all right. Can I be real? 
Can I be real? I'm already prepared. I don't care. You don't have to clap the rest of the night. It's fine. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Can we lift our hands and pray in this house? Come on, somebody. Can we lift our hands and pray? It's, I know it might be tough. I know the word of God might, might be a little sharp, but it's all right. Lord, help us today, God. Let us not close off our ears to this word. Help us, Jesus. We don't want to grow cold with you. We don't want a cold relationship with you, Jesus. God, we want to be on fire for you. God, we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. God, we need you here in this place. You can't let your relationship with God grow cold. There are three stages to hypothermia. The first stage is mild hypothermia. And the symptoms are shivering and mental confusion. Stage two is moderate hypothermia. The shivering stops. The confusion increases. Stage three, severe hypothermia. The symptoms are hallucination, paradoxical undressing, heart failure, and terminal burrowing. In the first two stages of hypothermia, you see that confusion is a symptom, symptom that, make, that people suffer with. But the Bible says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the world, if you're on fire for God, you'll never be confused. Come on, but as soon as you begin to grow cold, that's when things begin to become confusing. Don't let yourself be confused. We can't forget why God saved us to go out into the world and reach the lost. A symptom of confusion is memory loss. You see, Jesus help me. Some of us come to church. God cleans us up, we get blessed, and we seem to become confused because we see new people walk in church and we begin to look at them a little funny. We begin to turn our eyes to them like they're not our kind. And we begin to say, well, you know what, I'll let, I'll let Bishop talk to him. He looks a little iffy. Or I'll let, Brother so I'll let some of the leadership handle that. Pastor Hammond, can I go somewhere? What happens, first lady, if I'm out of line, please. You can stop me whenever. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I wanted to preface that. What happens when the bus kids come? And, and youth, some new youth come, and they're a little bit rough around the edges. God help us. And we say, these kids are too much. Or... I've actually heard this from a couple people. I'm not going to look at any of the youth. I just can't talk to them. You see, the way they act is just, I'm not like that. God help us. If your parents didn't raise you in church, then you would be just the same or worse. God forbid that we look down to these kids and we look down to these people. Let me tell you, there's a city that needs to be reached. God forbid we as people of God look down on them. Who are we? Who are we to be looking at them a different way? That's the same issues that the Pharisees had. They looked apart. They acted the part. 
They love the greetings and the good, the chief seats. But Matthew 23 and 27 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you like, you're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Jesus said it later on. He said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be cold for God. I don't want to look at my neighbor funny. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I bind that devil in Jesus' name. I bind that spirit in Jesus' name. You don't understand. If you were in the mess they were in, you would be worse. But thank God that he saved us. Thank God that he redeemed us. Thank God we're here serving God in the house of the Lord. I don't want to grow cold. I don't want to look at my neighbor this different. I don't want to look down on somebody. Remember, one of my favorite scriptures, it's on the back, it's my license plate, Romans 11, about how we were Gentiles and we were grafted in. But the Bible says, be wary, because just as fast as the natural branches were kicked off and you were grafted in, don't try and look at yourself so high and mighty. I'm just paraphrasing here. We can't come into the house of God and say, well, I've been holy, I'm living right before God, and this is great. We're teaching holiness, and it's wonderful. But you got to remember, you got to clean the inside of the cup first. You can come in a suit and tie. You can come in the longest dress in the world. But the inside better not be full of dead man's bones. Come on, somebody. We got to be alive. If people want to be saved, they got to come to a place where they can feel life. God, help us. Don't stop loving people. You can't grow cold. Don't stop loving people. These people are depending on you. There's a future Trevor Sloss out there in those streets. There's a future Sister Tabitha out there ready to be redeemed. There's a future First Lady waiting for somebody to knock on her door and say, can I tell you about Jesus? I'm sorry, I just feel something right there. I just feel something right there. Don't get so caught up in how they look. Don't get so caught up. Well, they look a little strange. Let me tell you, people are going to be coming off the streets, coming in this house because they've been looking for something that drugs can't give them. They've been looking for something that illicit relationships can't give them. They've been looking for Jesus. God. Come on, that's all right. That's all right. I know it's tight, but it's right. Come on, I know this might be a tough word, and I love to shout. I love to dance. But let me tell you, this has been my burden for months. Don't grow cold. Don't grow cold for God. Keep loving God. Keep loving people.
Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on. This is just as much for me as it is for you. Come on. I'm not here pointing fingers. I'm just talking to us. Come on, we're family. Woo, Jesus. Come on, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Come on, you got to get that out of your spirit. Come on, you got to get that out of your spirit. Come on, it's happened to me too. I've done it before too, it's all right. Woo, Jesus. <clears throat> the Uruguayan Air Force flight of... 571, also known as Miracle Flight 571, was a chartered flight from Uruguay bound to Chile and crashed in the Andes Mountains on October 13, 1972. The accident and subsequent survival became known as the Andes Flight Disaster or the Miracle of the Andes. While crossing the Andes during poor weather, the inexperienced co-pilot was at the controls of the plane, and he mistakenly believed that the aircraft had reached the place in, Euro, um, in Chile where they wanted to stop. And after he mistakenly believed the aircraft had reached the place where the flight would land, and he failed to notice the instrument readings indicating that he was still 30 miles from his landing spot. He began to descend at the aircraft, and the aircraft struck a mountain, shearing off both wings and the tail section, and the remaining por portion of the fuselage slid down on a glacier at an estimated 220 miles an hour and descended about 2,400 feet before crashing into ice and snow. The flight was carrying 45 passengers and crew, including 19 members of the old Christian club rug rugby union team, along with their family, supporter, and friends. Three crew members and eight passengers died immediately. Several more died soon afterwards due to the frigid temperatures and the severity of their injuries. The wreck was located at an elevation of 11,710 feet in the remote Andes of far western Argentina, just east of the border of Chile. Authorities flew over the crash site several times during the following days, searching for the aircraft but could not see the white fuselage against the snow. Search efforts were canceled after eight days. During the following 72 days, the survivors suffered from extreme hardships, including exposure, starvation, and avalanche, which led to the death of a further 13 passengers. The remaining passengers resorted to cannibalism. As the weather improved with the arrival of spring, two survivors climbed 15,000 feet to the mountain peak without gear, hiked for 10 days in Ch into Chile to seek help, traveling 38 miles. On the 23rd of December, two months after the crash, the last of the 16 survivors were rescued. Galatians 5, 13 and 15 says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. You, you liberty. Only use it not liberally, 
for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. We can get so cold. We haven't read our Bible. We have not prayed. The bread of life, the well that springeth up. And we get so hungry that we resort to biting and devouring one another. Thinking that if I can just give them a piece of my mind, this will help my emptiness. We start tearing each other down instead of building each other up. I'm almost done. I think. Yeah, I'm almost done. Music, you can come. The third and final stage of hypothermia is, has two symptoms that I want to point out. Paradoxal undressing and terminal burrowing. Paradoxical undressing happens to 20 to 50% of hypothermia deaths are associated with this. The person becomes disoriented and confused. The muscles contracting blood vessels become exhausted and relax, leading to a sudden surge of blood and heat to the person's extremities, causing them to feel overheated. So the person believes they're burning up, so they begin to uncover themselves. Terminal burrowing occurs alongside paradoxical undressing. The afflicted will, the afflicted will enter a small enclosed spaces such as underneath beds or behind wardrobes as they go to let their bodies shut down and die. Um, Michael, can you help me please with my jacket? We get so cold that we think, well, I'm on fire for God. I know I haven't prayed in a while, but I'm on fire. And you see, you start to uncover yourself and you start to separate yourself from people. I'm on fire. It's just my brother and sister has been getting on my nerves lately. I'm on fire, and the more you keep trying to tell yourself, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, you're growing colder and colder, and soon, you're by yourself, delirious, naked, opening yourself up to the things of this world. God, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us. Jesus. And we become like Samson. <clears throat> our devotions, our convictions, the lines are completely blurred. And we'll be trapped by the enemy and we'll say, I'll do like as other times, and I'll break myself free.
I'm just taking some time to just work on myself. These things that I'm dealing with, they're not bad. I know Bishop preaches against it. I know, it's, I know it doesn't line up with the word of God. But I can break free. Little do you know the world will make you, uh, like the Bible says what they did to Samson, they plucked out his eyes. And they used, they played with him for sport. We have beautiful convictions. We have beautiful standards. Don't try and blur the line. Don't try and see. Don't try and see how far you can get to the edge. There'll come a point and you'll be like Samson. Where you'll try to break free. And the world has its grip on you. Hypothermia, and you can say, well, Brother John, I'm not an, as on fire as I once was. I just matured a little bit. <laughs> you should be more on fire now than when you were when you first got here. <laughs> Don't listen to the lie of the enemy that you can just grow a little cold. Hypothermia starts to set in when your core temperature only drops four degrees. I'm just a little colder than when I was. I was acting a fool back then. God forbid. The Bible says we should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can all stand across this house. You can be saying, well, Brother John, I, all right, I, I admit it. I admit it. I'm the man. There's some things that's been going on. I've been kind of just whatever. But how? How do, I, how, do I, how do I get back? How do I get back to where I was? How do I get back on fire for God? Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the Old Testament, people did what was called a burnt offering. And they would bring that burnt offering as self-sacrifice. And they would say, God, you can have all of it. I don't want a piece of it. I don't want a little bit of it. I don't want to consume it. You can have all of it. And they would burn the entire thing on the brazen altar. If you want to be free from going cold, you've got to give all of yourself to God. And he can't have some of you. He needs to have all of you. Somebody, if you're looking, if you want to be on fire, you got to lay it all down tonight. you got to come to this altar and say, God, all right, I'm done. I'm tired of having my own way. I'm tired of not being on fire. Jesus. Because you know what the Bible says? For our God is a consuming fire. You got to let him consume you. Your passions have to change. Your loves have to change. Your convictions, they have to grow. They have to go deeper. Your relationship has to change. 
Come on, somebody, you can come to this altar right now and just let God consume you. You can come to this altar right now and just let God have his way. Come on, somebody, can we lift our hands all across this house? Come on, somebody. I know it might be tough. Come on, nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. Come on, you can be honest with yourself and you can be honest with God. God, I've been growing cold. God, there's some things I've been letting slip, but God, consume me. God. Come on, somebody all across this house. Come on, somebody all across this house. He Jesus. Come on, let him consume you. Let him consume you. Come on, our God is a consuming fire. Come on. There's dangers from growing cold. Don't grow cold. Come on, somebody, who am I talking to? Young person, don't grow cold. Come on, somebody, all across this house. Come on, somebody. Make me a house of Come on, I know it's rough. I know it's tough. I know it seems hard. But you gotta lay it all down. Come on, it's an act of surrender. Can you give everything to him? He wants all of you. Come on, somebody, don't grow cold. 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 somebody may the fire on my altar never come on somebody fire on my altar never burn come on somebody don't grow cold fire on my altar never burn fire on my altar never burn make me a house of prayer your house make me your house friend. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is a reasonable service 
fire on my altar never burn up. Make me a house of prayer. Come on, let him consume you. Fire on my altar never burn up. The fire on my altar never burn up. May the fire on my altar never burn up. Make me a house of prayer. myself down God I'm laying myself down God I'm tired of being distant I'm tired of avoiding the problem I'm tired of avoiding the issue that's at hand God I don't want to grow cold God I don't want to grow cold somebody you can come out of this you can come out of this you can come out of this come on it's not over it's not over come on you just gotta humble yourself (laughs) 